0: All right, um, hopefully you can hear me and see me well. Um, today is July the 26th. If you're thinking like I'm thinking, we've moved through July quickly, I feel like July just started. Um, I can remember hearing fireworks, and now we're at the end of the last Sunday of July. <clears throat> we have our lesson series that we started, um, this would be the fifth week, this is the fifth lesson, and this is the concluding lesson of this series, preparing for a new beginning, uh, preparing for a new beginning. Um, I'm thankful that God laid it on, on my heart to present this to everyone that's listening and to the church. Um, it's definitely one that I hope that you archive in some way, shape or form, whether that's you knowing where the lessons are online or or download or whatever you need to do um, because God may call for multiple times in your life for you to begin again or to start something new. Or, and hopefully some of the encouragement from these lessons will help to grow you in the faith and just help you to stay firm and planted in who God is. Um, and so that's really the benefit of this lesson. I know it's been encouraging to me having an opportunity to kind of reflect on my own personal life as I've looked at the uh, the nation of Israel, the children of Israel. Uh, and it's, it's been an humbling experience to really see how God's hand was in everything in my life. We say that and we know that, but to have an opportunity to, to stop and think about it um, and, and just reflect on What God has done is something that we should do often. And I think this lesson will help with that as we conclude this series preparing for a new beginning. This is part five of the fifth lesson, and it's titled, Do You Remember? Do you remember? And all of the the text for today will come from Joshua the fourth chapter. Joshua the fourth chapter is about 24 verses. Yeah, about 24 verses. And the goal is to Presented, I, I want to hit on all of the verses, uh, so bear with me because it's a short time um, But some of them I may give more consideration to just to keep within the, the theme That I'm presenting here, but again it's titled, Do You Remember? Here's the text, here's the, the golden text um, Kind of a, a text that really like sums up the whole chapter, and this is Joshua 4, 21 through 24. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever again, that's Joshua 4, 21 through 24. Uh, when I was reading that passage of scripture, I have some little cards that I keep on the shelf here. Um, and one of them was actually a... One of them was actually a scripture from uh, Hebrews. You know, the Hebrews has the chapter where it's, it's like the Hall of Faith, is what people call it. But the... The card that I have up here today is from Hebrews 11, 29 and 30, and it says, By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. And so it was a reminder. That's, that's Hebrews 11, 29. And it was a reminder even as I read that card, and thought about this lesson. and thought about where they were, and I thought about where we are today. Um, it definitely helped me to consider much of this lesson here. Now, again, this is part five, do you remember? Now, I don't know, my, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm kind of scatterbrained a lot. And so, sometimes I hear words and it, it reminds me of words. And so, I wanna go into my introduction, but as you heard, do you remember? You probably thought about <laughs> A few things. You probably you probably thought about this. You can't help, when you hear Do You Remember, you can't help but think about Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, I know, I was thinking about the song, and then I, I sat back and I took some time to actually listen to the song. Now, the song was not about what we talking about. The song was about remembering past, a past love experience with a special young lady, so on and so forth. You know the song. You may have took some, take some time to jam right there. I didn't play the whole song because. Next thing you know, you you might be on the internet listening to Michael Jackson for the next 30 minutes. You might forget what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Nevertheless, this lesson is not about that. This lesson is not even the same lesson that we had in part one. Remember, part one was, where have you been? Uh, And it's a little different. Part one was an opportunity for us to think about maybe at the extent of it where we were before Christ or before God or think about how we were in our sin, think about the bad decisions that we've made or made prior to Christ, think about our failures, our shortcomings, that really was part one. Remember that was from Joshua 3. The second part was what will it take to move us from that, that area of of Mistake and failure and to a point where we could trust in God To a point where we could receive this fulfilled life in Christ and we looked at um Joshua 3 5 through 6 remember He said consecrate yourself part 3 was The phrase and the, the question. What did God say? And remember I, I said that in a certain fatherly tone, but this was an opportunity for us to Hear God's instruction, know God's instruction, and carry out God's instruction exactly the way that he instructed us to do. Um, That's making sure we got that clear instruction right there. Part four was the time. Part four was a a summary, really, uh, at the end of Joshua 3, of the children of Israel um, actually crossing over the Jordan River. I say as a summary one because when you go into Joshua 4 and part five of today, it will sound like the narrative is going backwards, but it's not. It, it almost reminds you of, of Genesis. Genesis would say God created the heavens and earth, be like a summary of scripture, and then he went into detail as to how that happened. Um that's Somewhat what Joshua 4 will do. So we don't want to get confused, but Joshua 3 told us that you know it was the time and they got up and they marched and they crossed over on dry ground. So part five. I I mentioned last Sunday that Joshua three and four where I am right now in these lessons had a had a familial tone, not familiar tone, a familial tone, Um, the theme is family, there's certain words and expressions that lead you to believe that, but remember last Sunday we focused on the tents, we talked about those tents and how they had camped in those tents and how things started to, they started to move from their tents. And we see that what's important, even before we start to consider Israel as a preparing to be a nation, is what is happening inside of the tents. So I say today, this morning, even as we prepare to embark on our next phase as a church, as we plant a church, as we establish the church, as, as it relates to a building to have that corporate worship. That will not be successful if we don't take care of the tents, if we don't consider what's going on inside our tents, because what comes out of the tents is what forms these churches. So if our tents are in disarray I don't even need to say it. If our tents are in disarray, the church will reflect that. That's why when you look at establishing leaders um, in the Bible, it speaks about them being keepers of their own home. Right? There's a, if a man can't take care of his home, that's what the scripture says, how can he take care of the things of the church? So we see that even in scripture, there is, an emphasis on the home first. What God established way back at the beginning of time is the home. So we want to, we, we got to keep that in mind. And I'm stressing that because we definitely have to keep that in mind with today's list. Oh, we're going to miss the whole thing. So this is where we are, part five. Do you remember Joshua 4? I want to read the first seven verses. It says, now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe and command them saying, take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe, And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, The waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. I want to talk about a few things here, just to kind of point out. God gives Joshua instruction, and Joshua passes that instruction on to the people. That's, That's his role, that's his job. He's not supposed to be emotional about it He's not supposed to say how you feel about it He is supposed to tell the people exactly what God told him to tell the people This is what made Moses so special But this is also where Moses erred And Joshua is aware of that Joshua is aware of the success of his former leader But he's also aware of the error of his former leader that caused him to not enter into the promised land. That's why he's not here in this lesson. So Joshua had those things in mind. That's going to play an important role in our lesson too. So I won't I won't push on that too much, but just keep that point that I said in mind. So Joshua tells the twelve men, "Remember that in in chapter three, verse twelve, we read um, two Sundays ago." Remember, they had that verse where it says, pick out one man from each tribe, but then it went on and didn't tell you what they were supposed to do. Well, this verse actually tells, that I have underlined, tells you exactly what they were supposed to do. Earlier, they were just set aside for a purpose. God does that. To so each one of us have been set aside for a specific purpose. I'm telling you that, even though you might not know what your purpose is, that's okay, but you've been called for a specific purpose. And when the time comes, it'll be time for you to carry out that purpose. Right now, it may be just time for you to wait and trust that God has something special for you. And then the time will come when He uses you. He might be preparing you right now, right? That's what this unit is about. He might be preparing you for a, a task ahead. So it says, Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from his tribe. And he tells them what to do. He says, now remember, they were crossing over the Jordan River. But he tells these men, cross again to the ark. He says, go back to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Take a stone on your shoulder and carry it to the place where you're supposed to to put it. There's two things that this verse focuses on One, which is where we are right now, focuses on the representative The representative There is a representative in this verse right here And it's the 12 men Now What I thought was Interesting about this, which kind of was my question this morning. I asked you before the lesson started on the screen and said, "Think about your conversion experience. Recall the moment you accepted Jesus Christ the Savior." And you need to you remember. You need to remember, because if you don't remember, that's what this whole lesson is about. This lesson is the memorial stones. All right, that's what most people title it. These are the memorial stones. This is remembering something. But if you don't remember your conversion experience, I got a couple questions for you. One, are you really converted? And two, how in the world will you live out your conversion experience if you don't remember your conversion? That's for you to ponder. But I thought what's interesting was, you tell the 12 men to go back to the, where the priests are standing with the Ark of the Covenant in the midst of the water. Remember that's where they were standing firm on dry ground while everybody was crossing. And he says, "Reach down and pick up a stone, put on your shoulder, and carry." This is a visual. This is a this is imagery right here. This is they got a visual representation of something. They were able to see something. See because when they went back through the water, they were able to go back and remember. Right when they reached down and picked up the stone, they saw the priest feet. And them sandals <laughs> But they saw the priest's feet They saw the dry ground They felt the dry ground They picked up the stone And this wasn't like a pebble This was a heavy stone They had to carry it on their shoulders And it had to walk The lesson Is about salvation The lesson is about deliverance See, because what they saw was the complete work of God. This, this wasn't mushy ground. This was dry ground that they had a chance to experience again. This wasn't a pebble. This was a heavy stone. See, we like to believe that what Jesus did on the cross was light work. But it wasn't. It was mighty work. It was a heavy burden that he took and showed it for each and every one of us this is what's represented here in the scene but these representatives they were called See, says joshua called them they were called to be leaders they were called to be the heads they were called to be mature these were the leaders now Go back to the familial theme, because I told you this is, they represented the tribe. They represented each little family unit. In our tents today, in our families today, we need mature leaders. And there needs to be a clear leadership structure in our homes. If there's not a clear leadership structure in our homes, there is no leadership at all. It has to be clear. And it has to be clear based on God's word. And a leader must be mature. That's one that's not fickle. That's one that doesn't change. That's one that knows God's word, knows his instruction, and understands that he must carry it out they don't waver when things get hard. I would imagine, I don't know, but maybe those Jordan waters started to shake every now and again when they were walking through, right? Maybe those Jordan waters started to make noise. I don't I don't know. I wasn't there, right? Nevertheless, the mature one, the leader, these men that were appointed right here, the representative has to be confidence in God's word. have to be confident in God's word. The second thing I wanna point out about these few verses is, so they had the, the stone, they picked it up on his shoulder and they carried it, all right? He says, let this be a sign among you. This is where the memorial comes. in. He said, let this be a sign among you. So that when your children ask later saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when they crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. So first we talked about the representative. Now I want to spend a little time talking about the representation. See if I had my son Braxton down here, he'd be able to tell you what a representation is about. Because a representation all through the Bible, all right? Uh, we learn and we're reading our, our Bible book for devotion, and there's some representations. Like, for example, he remembers the uh, the prophet with the figs, the good figs and the bad figs, and he knows that's a representation, right? Uh, remember, he told the prophet to lay down in front of the people, that's a representation of something, right? So, all these representations. Nevertheless, these stones were memorial, they were a representation. They, they were a memorial of the mighty work of God, the miracle work of God. But I want to look into something that you may not have considered if you've read this verse. The question says, your children are going to ask, what do these stones mean to you? So if you go back to it, it says, what do these stones mean to you? It doesn't say your children, are going, to ask, says, your children are going to ask, what do these stones mean? It says your children are going to ask, what do these stones mean to you? I want to I make sure that you really hear my instruction right here Because this is important This is a quote from me Your faith must mean something to you first Before it means anything to anyone else <laughs> If your faith doesn't mean anything to you It won't mean anything to anybody else If your faith isn't Evident or or, or manifest or seen Nobody else will see it either Your faith your walk Must mean something to you first if you have standards if there's standards and principles in in God's Word They got to mean something to you first before they mean anything to anyone else With that being said I want to give you some tips for the home. I want to give you some tips to kind of remember, because your children are going to ask, what do these stones mean to you? Your children are going to see things that you do or say, whether that's what you're saying at that moment, what you do, or those representations, right? And they're going to be curious. Before they ask, they will watch and see. Before they ask, they will see. See, we're, we're, we're showing something, even if we're not seeing them. But we want to remember that our children are watching. Children watch us. And if you are a child listening to this lesson, I'm sure you've watched your parents. For example, we have things that we do that are, are like ritual pattern that they're just. Things that we we do. For example, Monday through Friday at eleven thirty, Carrington and Braxton know that it's Jeopardy time. Eleven thirty is time for me to watch Jeopardy. Jeopardy is a part of our household. <laughs> I love Jeopardy. I have a Jeopardy um, and, and I have a Will of Fortune. Those two. Those two shows. Eleven thirty. 6.30 is Jeopardy with a fortune time every day. So if I sit down at 11.30, Carrington already knows, right? She's, they've asked me, why do you like to watch Jeopardy? And I have to have an answer for them. I like to be intellectually challenged or stimulated. <laughs> I'm serious about Jeopardy. Like I, I track how many questions I get right every time I watch. I, I, I grew up. I was. I grew up kind of as a single child. My brother's a lot older than me, so it was just me, and I, so I had to make up games by myself. So I would track how many questions I get right. I might track my score. Sometimes my kids didn't watch it with me. Same thing. Six thirty. It's time for dinner. It's time for a fortune. Like, those are, kids are watching. These are things that they know are important, and there's nothing wrong with that. Know that your children are watching. However, you want to make sure, as I, as I go back and I talk about our faith meaning something to us, we want to make sure that we avoid meaningless rituals. See, we look in the Old Testament and we see some rituals that happen, whether it's through the sacrifices or whatever, the festivals or anything like that, and those weren't meaningless. They meant something. And every time that those rituals occurred, the teaching occurred right along with it. So we don't want to just do stuff because that's just what we've always done right we have church members that do that we have people that come to church just because that's just what you do on sunday but it doesn't mean anything to them because they're not changing their way of thinking they have the same egypt way of thinking even though they've been delivered even though they've crossed the red sea even though they've crossed the jordan even though they've walked with god and. Pillar and the cloud by day and the pillar by night They had the whole experience But they still haven't changed Just like the people in the wilderness Who died in the wilderness They still had the Egypt smell on them If we're coming to church Whether it's e-church right now Online or in person There should be a change There should be a change in our lives It should be clear In your speech, in how you treat people In your communication Please know that God is not mocked Every lesson that I teach Has a warning underneath it Please know that God is not mocked If you hear the teaching You are required to do What the teacher in the teaching says So if you don't God will judge you God is not going to prepare the table, and you say, "Oh, you know what? I don't want to eat that." And don't think there'll be consequences. We are to change. We don't just do things just to do them. We want to avoid meaningless rituals. And the last thing is, we we cannot neglect the teaching. So if our children see something in our life that means something to us, as it relates to our faith, and they Ask these questions, or they notice it or they observe it, we must couple the ritual with the teaching. We must couple the ritual with the teaching. If we don't have the teaching, the ritual means nothing. Our faith means nothing. We must couple it with the teaching. That's what was taking place out here. So, that is what we have right here in this illustration right here. They're going to ask. These are memorial stones. When you see those stones where they were camping, they'd see those stones, they'd ask, well, what do these stones mean to you? And you were to explain that, you were to tell it. Joshua 4, 8-14 says, Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing and they are there to this day for the priests who carried the Ark were standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua and the people hurried and crossed and when all the people had finished crossing the Ark of the Lord and the priests crossed before the people the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh crossed over in battle array before the sons of Israel, just as Moses had spoken to them. About forty thousand equipped for war crossed for battle before the Lord to the desert plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, so that they revered him, just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life. Just a couple of things, real quick. You notice in this verse that. There was a memorial stone that was set up in Gilgal, which we know know by the end of Joshua 4 that it's Gilgal where they placed the stone. But then Joshua did something that was interesting. Joshua said, all right, what I want you to do also is take 12 stones and set it up in the midst of the Jordan where the the priests were holding the Ark of the Covenant. So we got two memorials here. We have one set up in Gilgal that they'll see and the children will see and they'll ask, what do these stones mean to you? But then there's also 12 stones that he has set up as a memorial in the midst of the Jordan. Now that's kind of weird, right? Like, why would he do that? See, here's the thing. I told you that it deals with salvation first, so let me give you the the, the quick salvation um, tip about it. What's gonna happen is this story, you'll see the the stone will be there and then the water will be, God will release the waters and you won't be able to see those stones anymore. So stones are buried in the waters of the Jordan, right? Like the burial of Jesus Christ. See, memorial, really a memorial is, is is about a death, right? And so there was a death that took place, right? It was supposed to be a death of these children of Israel, but it wasn't, right? They lived. I'm talking about the generation now. There was supposed to be a death today. I was supposed to be on the cross, but instead it was Jesus, right? So those stones are buried in that water, and that's where they remain until this day. Really, that phrase remember Moses was writing in the time, so he had to say to this day, but it might, it could say, and that's where the stones remain forever. See, because there was a permanent work that took place there. In Joshua 4, there's a permanent work that took place in our lives And that's Jesus' death on the cross We don't have to worry if we're going to fall out of faith Or fall out of God's good grace Those stones are there for them That's good news for us Now There may come a time Where the Jordan River runs dry If you have kept up with history You probably noticed that There has been times when this Jordan River has run a little light, run a little dry, and maybe the stones are able to be seen. See, there's going to come a time in your life, even though you're saved, that you're going to have times, right? You're going to have times when your river runs dry. You're going to have times when there's a drought. You're going to have times when you just ain't feeling it. When you don't feel like being all godly and Christianly and all of that. If you don't feel like hearing God's word, you don't feel like logging in and hearing the lesson. You don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like fellowship. That's okay. But hopefully you will remember, you can go back and you'll see those stones. You'll see the the feet of the priest. You'll see the dry ground and you'll remember why you're here. And it will take care of that faulty way of thinking, right? (laughs) Another part about this that I thought was funny. Oh, real quick. So we got these stones that set up in the Jordan as a memorial. I told you as a death but then you have the stones that's set up in Gilgal. Gilgal is a word that means circle right Gilgal a circle represents eternity so so you had death here and the Jordan, all right or representation of it and you had life in Gilgal see that's the visual that you have to see when you look at it it's not an accident that he told him to set it up in Gilgal. Gilgal meant something right it's not an accident that the people are armed ready for war because even though you have life that doesn't mean that you won't have challenges and you need to be equipped and god does that um but i thought it was funny it says in the middle of the census it says that the people hurried and crossed now (laughs) i don't know about you but i would have been that that israelite that hurried and crossed. you wouldn't have to tell me to hurry up and get across i wouldn't have been walking slowly I would have been dragging, pulling my family, getting over there as quick as I can because the water is a little scary to me. I don't like big bodies of water anyway. So <laughs> I would have been in that group that hurried and crossed. All right. Uh, I would have tried my best not to leave my life, Okay, but that's what that, that's what that is. I thought that that was funny because they still have some growing to do themselves. Right? They still have some, some growing to do themselves. It says. Now the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests who carry the ark of the testimony that they come up from the Jordan. See, now we're getting play by play of what really was happening in the story. It says, so Joshua commanded the priests saying, come up from the Jordan. Remember, that was the priest that was carrying the ark of the covenant. It came about when the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the middle of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up to the dry ground that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and went over all its banks as before. I want to emphasize God's timing. This is a reminder of God's timing. See, God's timing may not be your time. Most of the time, it's not our timing. God's timing is perfect. They were to stay in the midst of the Jordan River with the ark until it was time for them to move let me say it again they were to stay in the midst of the jordan carrying the ark of the covenant or they were supposed to stay in the midst of the jordan with god with god until god told them to move you would like to be in something and jump out Whenever you feel it And you could do that Remember my lesson from last week You can jump out of a situation See God put you in something And God may want you to stay there Until he tells you To come out if, if you trust that He put you in there Like they were instructed to go in there by God So why do you think God's going to forget you Or forget about you if he told you to go in it he'll tell you when it's time to come out of it you can't mix it up you need to trust god the whole way so they but you know that god not only told them to go into it but he stayed there with them while they were in it that's the part where we get shaky so we run out of stuff because we don't think god is there i played a song this morning um that said that basically the guy said that god you're here We have to recognize that God is with us in the midst And you don't move until God says move Joshua, God told Joshua to tell the people come up Then Joshua told the people come up on the Jordan I want to make sure that's clear, that's a reminder God's timing is perfect Another thing I thought was interesting right here It says that the waters, at the end of the verse It says that the waters of the Jordan return to their place notice that when I initially read this scripture I I thought that like you know when you hold up waters and you release them it's like this big rush like a tidal wave no that's not what the scripture says it says that the waters return to their place back the way that they were in their original order see God is a God of order right that's a, that was another miracle. The miracle first was that he stopped the water and pushed them back. The second miracle inside of this miracle was that they returned back to no, almost like they never stopped. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's this, this miracles throughout this whole thing. The um, the last part of the lesson right here, as I, cl- as I conclude, it says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th of the first month encamped at Gilgal on the eastern edge of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you have crossed it just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever." That's the news right here. Let me just just point a few things out as I bring the lesson to a close. First thing, inside of this lesson, inside of this text right here, is a reminder to the generation then, not to repeat the failures of the generation before. You might say, well I don't see that. Sure you see it. He says, the Lord dried up the waters of the Jordan just as he had dried up the waters of the Red Sea. See, God is saying, I delivered you just like I delivered your fathers. However, your fathers couldn't possess what i had for them because they left me i was always with them but they left me they rejected me they deserted me they turned their back on me so they remained and died right there in the wilderness it's almost like they forgot the mighty work that god did at the red sea and he's saying to this generation he's saying to us today do not forget what i did he's also telling us today break these curses that have happened prior to you everyone if we take some time and think about it we can look at some bad things that's happened inside of our family prior to us we got to change the culture we got to change what's happening we can't let the pattern continue we got to break some cycles and we gotta remember what God did for us. So do you remember is a question that I pose posing. Now, why did he do this? Why did he deliver the people, All right? <sighs> he delivered the people for some reasons, okay? So my question is, what was, when you're thinking about Red Sea, Jordan River, your experience, what was the purpose? What was the purpose of God's mighty word in your life? Why did he deliver you? I want to bring it home. Let's look at why he delivered them. All right? She's in Israel. He delivered them. It says that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you may fear the Lord your God all Right? He, he, he said it right there. He said it right there. There's Two reasons when you go back, when you go back into it, there's two reasons why He delivered them, and there's two reasons why He delivered you. Once you move past the fact that God saved me because I needed to be saved, that's true, all right, that's true, but that's basic. There was so much more that God was doing, right, than just saving you, just to save you, all right, (laughs) it's bigger than you, all right, and we got to move past it. Sometimes we think it's just about me. No, it's not. just about you. So God delivered you for two reasons. One, he delivered you for others to see. See, God delivered you for others to see. That's why the verse said for for the peoples all over the earth. He didn't say for you all. He said for the people all over the earth. There is a world that needs to see God's mighty work displayed in people's lives. All right? So, God delivered you for others to see. That's why that question comes in. What do these mean? What does this mean, right? The second reason, last reason God delivered you for you to always recognize who He is. So, that's why the verse said, so that you may fear the Lord your God. For today only? Nope. It says, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever, forever, forever. So it says, God delivered you for others to see and for you to always recognize who he is, recognize his authority, recognize that it's he that made the heavens and the earth, that he is the creator, he created you. He created you for a purpose. He delivered you for a purpose. Do you remember that he delivered you? Do you know why he delivered you then and what he wants to get from that even today? God delivered you for others to see and for you to always recognize who he is. I'm going to close with a word of prayer um, here, if you could um, bow with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come just thanking you for an opportunity of fellowship. We thank you for allowing us the time to hear your word, to read your scripture, and to reflect on your goodness and your mercy. We pray that the lesson that we've heard today that we'll be able to accept it, believe in it, and begin to carry out the instruction. We thank you. We ask that you be with um, each tent um, and each family that's under the sound of my voice. We ask that you be with our church, and be with our leadership, be with our government and local officials, as well as um, our Our country leadership and the president. We just thank you for this time. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let me take a moment and